Please pray with me. God, I I pray that that would be our prayer. Um, As Janae has sung, um, we make so much of ourselves. Um, We are so impressed with our accomplishments and our discipline and our uh, our jobs and our personality and um, pray that you would rid us of ourselves and bring us to the cross. God, I, I really feel like those two are hand in hand, that as we see the gift that you have given us in Jesus and the, the opportunity and the, the calling to us to be a part of your family, to leave ourselves behind, uh, God, um, if we could see ourselves in light of the cross. God, I ask that you would do that in your church today as we look to your word, as we seek to serve you, as we seek to encourage your your family. God, help us to do that forgetting ourselves. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. I'll tell you that I love this message, and I really believe it's a Bear Valley Church message. Not that it's not uh, was intent, intended originally for Bear Valley Church, or that would have been the Bear Valleyans or something like that. Uh, um, but uh, we really find our focus and our our purpose as we look at these couple of verses at the end of Colossians, in a Colossians chapter one this morning. It really will help define who we are and get us marching all in the same direction. And even if we're not there today, even if we're not being all that this is calling us to be, uh, maybe it can be the the model or the roadmap in our mind of what we should be as a church. Uh, I've heard many times over the last few months, what's the vision for Bear Valley Church? And um, it really, uh, I don't have this grand vision. I, I don't have anything really different than the vision for the New Testament churches. And I realize that we have a lot to work on. So hopefully this will be a roadmap for us of where we need to be going. Please stand in honor of God's word. And I'd like to read from verse 24 to the end of the chapter. Paul writes, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. And the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. God, by your grace, by your strength, and may your Holy Spirit be our teacher now, as we look to your word, God, help us to see clearly the message and may it mark us in such a way that it changes our course 
and causes us to be more faithful to you. God, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The reason I chose the book of Colossians to preach through at a time like this and beginning a a new ministry in a church like this and trying to encourage you all is so that we would focus on Christ. And really, as we get to this point in the, the passage, he has talked about the deity of Christ. He's talked about really once again to present Christ and to bring him forward and tying up this section and really nailing it for us and really bringing it down. Verse 28 starts. Him we proclaim. Him we proclaim. And I've got a, a outline this morning that, that are all Bear Valley Church. Bear Valley Church. And the first part, the first point is Bear Valley Church's message. Bear Valley Church's message. And it's real simple. It's real simple. Can you find it there in verse 28? Him. Him. If you don't know the, who the hymn is, read the rest of the ch- Jesus. If you've ever been to Sunday school, it's the answer we all know, right? Jesus. You want to think through what he has done, you'd say Christ. But what is our message? What is the thing we proclaim? What is the, the core and really the only message that we have? It's Jesus. I know that sounds simplistic and and almost boring. I know that um, if if you've ever been raised with any sort of privilege, any sort of privilege, even good things over and over again, they sometimes get boring, right? I know that uh, if your mom or dad is a great cook and they make a meal, but they make it too often, sometimes we go, oh, we're having that again? We're having that again? I grew up on an uh, avocado orchard, lemons and avocados, and they were good for throwing, but I, but I didn't really like either one growing up. You imagine throwing an avocado at the neighbor's dog. I was pretty good at it too after a while. Could skip it and it hit right in the ribs. No, anyway, so the dog and I you know, had good times together. It sounds like, well, if you preach Christ over and over, won't that get boring? Won't that get repetitive? Won't that become like, oh, you're preaching about Jesus again? And, and to be honest with you, careful the way I say this, okay? It is. It is. It's not boring that, that we would preach Christ over and over again, but sometimes in the heart of the preacher, in the hearts of the hearers, We get too used to the message of Jesus. Not in a proper sense, but we're like, oh, Jesus died for our sins. Big deal. Communion again, you know. Wonder if he's going to drop anything, you know. Our minds drift off elsewhere and we go, yeah, I know know he loves me so much that he'd send his son to die for me. Yeah, (laughs) I got it. And yet, it's the one message we have to preach over and over again. It's the message that we need every day, really moment by moment. I, I think about, uh, there's a phrase that some people have been using, and I think it's helpful. 
I have a friend who's a preacher as well, and he said that he had preached a horrible message and he was discouraged and he went out and he had, similar to our church, where he preached a horrible, and it's really bad when you have two services, when you preach a horrible message in the first service, because you know it's just coming the next service. And you're like, so he was sharing that he went out, he went outside of the church and he was just, he said he was preaching the gospel to himself. And I, I think some people go, well, wasn't he a Christian? No, he was. But we forget. We forget. We forget that it's because of his grace that we are saved. We, we forget that that same love and grace that saved us at the point of salvation continues on with us, covering our sins moment by moment, our failures, our inabilities. And so as we look at the book of Colossians, Paul's saying for the church, you know, you got these things going, you got all these different ideas and things that are going on in your community, but we proclaim him. He's the one. He's our message. He's our only message. And so at Bear Valley Church, this is the way it goes. On Sunday morning when we come together right here, we preach Christ and his grace. You know, in the second service, uh, Pastor Mike's going to meet over there and they're going to have an adult Bible fellowship. They're going to preach Christ, His goodness and His grace and His mercy living in the lives. And if there's another ABF, guess what's going to happen there? It's going to be Christ. And if there's a youth ministry and and if there's uh, little kids and, you know, if they can learn, if they can listen, interestingly enough, uh, in Nehemiah, when they when God's people had finally brought back the word and they had finished the wall and they were, Ezra and Nehemiah were reading and the Levites and it says, they taught everyone, giving the sense to all who could understand. To all who can understand. That's what we're doing here, right? That's what we're teaching. We're teaching Christ. And guess what? If we have a meeting on Monday night or Tuesday night, a home fellowship, or Wednesday the ladies meet, you know what we should be doing there? Christ. He should be our message. If the kid, you know, sometimes we think, uh, what do junior hires, middle schoolers need? What would be a good answer for that, right? Some of you are thinking, uh, two by four? You know, uh, uh, what do they need? They need Christ, you know? right? We have a wanna going here with all kinds of kids running around. What, what do they need? They need Christ. It sounds simplistic. It sounds like we're, that's the 101 class. Where, where do we go to the 200 classes, right? When do we get past this? And Paul says we never get past it. He's really our only message. He's our only message. I was considering you know, what else could we proclaim? What else could we proclaim? How about earthquake preparedness? You guys are laughing. Must have not lived in California very long. (laughs) You know, right before I moved up here, Rebecca and I, uh, we'd been married a short period of time. We were living in this spacious one-bedroom apartment in Granada Hills, and I had taken this new position as a youth pastor in this far-off land of Bear Valley. And we went away for the weekend. We were up in Idaho, and it was one of those earthquakes, one of those earthquakes, a Northridge earthquake. And we came back, uh, 
we got finally got a plane back and we came back and our apartment was all our all our new stuff that we got for our wedding was on the floor broken in the kitchen and my books were everywhere and we were moving out and it was just this weird thing of like earthquake preparedness you know what rebecca and i how we had prepared for the earthquake nothing whatsoever you know we hadn't done a thing isn't it important to prepare for earthquakes you know get the jugs of water and chlorine so they don't go bad and first aid kit and phone numbers battery all that what am i talking about how does that compare to christ and it's important to do important things but our message is christ you know it's important to be financially um sound isn't it pay your bills balance checkbook make sure that you're planning for the future and and doing what's right but i want to tell you but i want to tell you that that doesn't compare to christ it doesn't compare to christ there's many other churches around and they preach community that it's important to uh, be a part of your community and to serve. And of course, we believe that here at Bear Valley Church, but our message is not community. It's Christ. It's Jesus and what He has done. You know, we, we have a lot of social problems in our world today, right? There's people that are in poverty. There's many things going on throughout the world. But I want to tell you, our message is not to distribute goods throughout the world and then everyone will be fine but our message is christ our message is christ i know some of you are very involved politically and you you would tell us you know where why is our world in such a bad shape bad shape and it says because this party or that party's in charge right because you're not a, a democrat or a pub republican or a libertarian a part of the tea party or you know, we talk about tea parties at our house too, but I don't think it's the same ones that are in the news. You know what? We preach Christ. We preach Christ. There's no party other than His that's going to save anything on this earth. We preach Christ. You know, there's some other messages that are just a little off that we may preach more often in our church today that aren't Christ. Sometimes we preach disciplined, disciplined, that we, if we can just get our act together, if we can just get our act together and be responsible to get up, to exercise, to even do devotions, to have your life orderly, then everything will be great. Does that sound like the gospel, by the way? The gospel says we're a mess. We're a mess, and we can't get it together. And as we look around, um, you, you know, we may be able to check the boxes, but in reality, that our life is a mess. And for people whose lives are a mess, do they need more lists and more discipline, or do they need Jesus? He says, we proclaim Him. It's our message. You know, sometimes in a church like ours, we, we look at people, <coughs> even our own lives, and, you know, we, we got kind of busy and we were trying to get that discipline down and we were trying to get everything 
in order, in order in our life, and it wasn't happening. And he said, you know what I need to do? I need to go to church. I need to go to church. Because I know that going to church is going to solve everything. I, I need to come Sunday morning, and then you, you're scouring through the, the bulletin, and you're going, what else can I go to? What else can I go to? You know what? I'm going to go to Awana this afternoon. I know I'm 75, but I know they've got a spot for me there. I'm going to go to Awana this afternoon. What else is going on? Oh, there's a couple of home Bible studies. I'll go to them all. I'll go to them all. Women's ministry, I'll be there. If you're a man, don't go to a women's Bible study. I just want to tell you that. There's a men's Bible study. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm all plugged in. And that's going to solve it. That's going to solve it. Involvement. Involvement. No. Jesus is what we need. This is church, and we're going to proclaim Christ. But it's not busting through the Bible study books, right? It's not saying, I, I, I went through 10, 12-week Bible studies this week, and I got it all taken care of, and now I'm going to be fine. No, it's Jesus. It's His grace and His mercy. It's what we proclaim. You know, uh, it's sad. Sometimes we even go to the Bible like that. We say, you know, um, the Bible's going to solve my my world, and and I am going to read through the Bible, and that's going to solve everything. I'm going to memorize a billion passages. I, I'm going to th- pour through theology books, and I'm going to get knowledge that's somehow going to save me. And yet I want to tell you that no one, no one, got through a test or anything, accomplished and owned any part of the scripture other than the message of Jesus. The Bible isn't meant to make anyone smart. It's to bring them to the person of Jesus Christ. That they would, as Jay sung earlier, bring it to the cross. Not where we're awesome, but we're overwhelmed at the gift of Jesus. That's the Bear Valley Church message. And if we miss it, we shouldn't have met. I'm not saying that we do that every week, um, but we should. I'm not saying that we always have our focus narrowed in and we, we nail it all the time, but we should have our focus in on Christ. He's our message. He's our only message. We're still on... Point one, by the way. Paul writes uh, in verse 28, <clears throat> Him we proclaim, warning or admonishing everyone and teaching everyone. Warning and admonishing everyone. The idea of that word uh, warning, it's really what it is. And, and it's got the idea of confronting and, and correcting, correcting. And I know that none of us like to be corrected, especially by our spouse. Uh, we, we don't like it when people say, you know, you're wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. We, we don't like that at all. And yet there's a safety to it, right? You know, the road you're on leads you off a cliff. Thank you for telling me. It's good for me to know. It helps me make good decisions. And, and that's the picture there. It's the picture of, of saying, hey, you're wrong. You're going the wrong way. It's not the idea of being a jerk and, and, and telling people off and stuff like that. But it is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. 
I don't want you to ever say that you're coming to church because you know what the pastor is going to say from his word is comfortable for you. In fact, it's not going to be comfortable. I, I can tell you it's not comfortable for me either, not just talking to you, but when I read it myself. I always, even the idea of preaching Christ, sometimes in my mind, in my arrogance, I say, you know, but I have something better. I got a different idea. Maybe you should check this out. But the confrontation of our lives coming into contact with the word of God and the message of Jesus Christ, it's going to constantly be saying, hey, you're going the wrong way, going the wrong way. This message is one of admonition or of confrontation or of warning. It also uses the word of teaching everyone, teaching everyone. And, and what's so great about this, this is maybe the, where, where the word admonition or um, warning is, is wrong. It's like you're going the wrong way. This is saying, hey, as you look at the road ahead, this is the way to go. It's instructive. I think of Damien uh, Halpin, who's in uh, San Antonio, Texas, going through boot camp. You know what they're doing right now? I don't know. I've never been to boot camp. Some of you have. You know what they're doing right now, right? They're instructing him. They're t- telling him some things. Hey, you did this wrong your whole life. Don't do it like that anymore. And other things, are, they're preparing him. They're saying, this is the way to go for the future. This is a new way to think. The new way to think. This is what we do in the church. We teach and you say, well, you know, I'm not having any problems right now. Why do I have to go to church? Prepare, prepare. Because some of our, it's the idea of of being in first grade or second grade. And you say, I think I got enough now. I think I got enough. I'm good, you know. I feel like I really dominated in second grade. I think I get a pass for the rest, right? Let's just end on a high note here, you know. It's the idea of learning and preparation and teaching, and that's what we do in the church. And what do we teach? What do we admonish about? About Him, about Christ. It's what we're doing. It's interesting to note, as Paul wrote wrote this, he says, uh, we warn everyone, we teach everyone, and he says, with all wisdom. (coughs) It'd be easy for me to say, um, so that's why you need a wise pastor like myself. And that's the the picture there. It's not just that we preach the same message over and over again, but we 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 tailor it to the people that we're talking to. And that as Paul talked about his own message, he said it, it desires and it needs wisdom. So that I can really penetrate and so it would come out of my mouth in such a way that it would land on the ears of the hearers that they might hear it and it might uh, admonish and teach them. This is the wisdom that comes. And yet it's obvious from this passage, Paul's not saying his own wisdom, right? The wisdom of God. That even the act of imparting uh, a body of knowledge like the Bible to people who can understand English as we're doing now, it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing where God is at work in the process and apart from Him, there is no wisdom 
that will make the words right to land on hearts and ears that would be able to hear them and to be able to change. This is our message. Our message is Christ. We admonish, we warn, and we teach everyone. Second point. The Bear Valley Church purpose. The Bear Valley Church purpose. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That we may present everyone mature in Christ. That is the goal of this message. This message. I think that so often, uh, maybe we've gotten into the mode of things not having a purpose. Why is this message so important? Because it has a purpose. And the pur- where is the purpose? Where is the purpose? Is it here? I want to tell you that the purpose is in the hearts of people. The hearts of people. He says, we don't just preach this message. We don't just proclaim this. It has an end. I get the picture here. Um, it doesn't explicitly uh, say this. But there's an, there's an end of the line, a presentation of the hearts and souls of men. And he says, we're looking forward to that end day, that end day. And, and you say, well, what is that end day? It's the day when life is over down here and we're before the Lord. And, and Paul's looking to that and he says, that's what we're shooting for. And not just shooting to get there, but that everyone, everyone would be able to be presented at that time as complete in Christ. You get that picture? It's, it's almost as if, if you think through the Old Testament and you think of presentation, there was a presentation of a sacrifice. And you remember, as we've even talked in the last weeks, what was the sacrifice to be? There was a, a, an identification and a really an inspection of the sacrifice. And it says, is this a spotless lamb? Is this without blemish? Is this something fitting for sacrifice? And so it was presented. It was presented for inspection. And at that time, the desire was that it would be accepted as a sacrifice. And it points to this day in the future, in the future, where we would not be incomplete in Christ, that we would, these words complete and mature, are tough words, because uh, mature, we think of all grown up, right? We think of all grown up. And, and some of you who are all grown up, um, you can be honest with us enough to know that just because you've become to that place in life where you're older and more mature and all these other things, that you still don't have it all together, You just know how to hide it a little bit better than the rest of us. The idea of complete, of, of having it all, or mature, being all, all put together, it's just struggling with the words. But the idea being is that we have grown up and become all that Christ desires for us. That we would have been changed to the place where we are all that He, he wants us to be. And not that we would be just barely saved and still struggling with the mess of life that we left behind. But that we would be growing and being one that are continually being changed. 
pointing to that day where we will be out of here, left leaving this world behind. You see, this is the purpose of Bear Valley Church. Christ in everyone. Christ in everyone. You get that? I'm not concerned about uh, college educations. I'm not concerned about great careers. I'm not concerned about uh, the different things that could make us great in the community. Our concern, or really our single purpose, the the reason we just preach Christ is because our purpose is Christ in everyone. I want to make a point point here, and I, I think it's important for us to see uh, we'll, we'll get after it again at the end. But uh, in, in the first verse we looked at, in verse 28, it says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone. Warning everyone. And then teaching everyone. And then he says that we may present everyone. Okay? We'll, we'll get back to that, but I, I wanted you to see that. Our target or our uh, desire is Christ in everyone. That's why we preach him to everyone. Thirdly, I want to look at Bear Valley Church's power. Bear Valley Church's power. And really, to say it plainly, it's Christ's power in you. In verse 29, it says this, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. This verse 29, speaking of his power, it uses two words to talk about that. It's it's strenuous labor, but it it's also labor as well. And and you put those words together. The strenuous part of it is the idea. It's used in secular literature of taking a beating, taking a beating. And most of us, when we take a beating, we make note to self: don't do that again. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to go through that. That was too painful. Um, I'm learning. Uh, you know. Banging your head against a brick wall, it feels really good when you stop, right? And you say, I don't want to do that again. But, but the picture here is this strenuous, exhausting, taking a beating, uh, coming out with scars for a purpose, for a purpose. You remember last week as we looked at, at Paul was talking about this very idea. Really, in the Greek, there's just one long sentence. Last week and this week is just one long sentence. Uh, the English teachers would hate this, or the Greek teachers. But he has much to say, and he, he packs it together. But you remember in verse 24, it says that he rejoiced at his sufferings. Rejoiced at his sufferings. And remember, we understood that because Christ was so great, it was worth it. And once again, he says the same thing, right? He says, how do I do this? How do I go about this proclamation of this important message of Christ to everyone so that they would be complete in Christ? How do I do this? Where is the power? It's a kind of power that takes the exertion of myself to be willing and taking a beating. It's the idea of becoming exhausted, being physically tired and hurt. It's interesting how he couples this. He, those are obviously words where he was reflecting on his own energy and what he would do and what was happening to him as he served the Lord. But yet, look at what it says. Verse 29, For this I toil, struggling. You guys know about toil and struggle, right? 
You know about different things that have taken getting up time and time again and pushing harder and thinking of different ways and this point of exhaustion and failure and getting up again and going. And this is what Paul's describing. He says, this is the gospel ministry. This is what it is to be a church. It means that you get heard and you get up again and you keep going after it and you say, you don't say, well, if that message didn't work and it was painful, I'm going to change messages. You know, those people are too hard to reach. I'm going to give up on them. He says, I struggle and I toil. Struggling with all his energy. All his energy. It's an interesting combination here. Paul is saying, I exert myself. But as I do that, it is his energy in me. It's his energy in me. I think that's beautiful. Because the Bear Valley Church power is Christ's power in you. It's Christ's power in you. You will give up. You will run out. You will uh, get discouraged and quit if it's your energy in you. But Christ's energy in you is the power of the gospel ministry. And the beautiful picture there is that those first couple of words give this sense of exhaustion and and defeat even and, and the idea of wanting to quit but but the last part is this powerful victorious that he works in us that he accomplishes accomplishes a work this is what it is this is the the power for bear valley church i want to go back to one thing one thing it's the bear valley church target Bear Valley Church Target. So what kind of church is this going to be? Is it going to be a church, a traditional church, where old people are welcome, honored, catered to? No. It's going to be a church for the youth, right? Where middle schoolers and high schoolers are welcomed, even in their loud, obnoxious lives they live. You know what? We're going to we're going to cater to them and we're going to make it happen for them. We're going to focus on them. They're going to be our target. No. No. I was sharing with somebody yesterday, uh old-time uh folk from uh Bear Valley Church that don't uh, attend here anymore. They live down in Bakersfield and I asked them to pray for something. I said, "Can you pray for our children's ministry?" I knew that they cared about it. They were involved in it. I said, "Can you pray for us?" We're struggling. We, we don't have a, too many kids and, uh, you know, we need more workers and people are excited about that. Can you pray for that? They were excited to do so. So it's going to be a church of kids. No, it's not. You know, it's going to be a church of believers, right? That we, you know, we're, we're only concerned about believers. We're only concerned about believers. No. Look at look at the passage. What you've already tracked there. I think all of, you're you're making headway with me in the Word of God. What does it say? It's got these words: all, everyone, teaching everyone. You know, you know who we should care about. I want to make a distinction here. I don't believe this is all like all and everyone like everyone. I don't believe. I don't believe. Be careful here. We have a missions mind at this church. And if you look at where we support missionaries, it's pretty much everywhere. We love supporting missions here. We love it. 
And yet, we don't just care for everyone out there. Our main mission field, (coughs) our main mission field is where? Your home. Your home. The people who live in your home. It's our main mission field. Beyond there, it's your neighbors. You know, it's the folks from Bear Valley Springs and Tehachapi, Stallion Springs, Alpine Forest, Fair Oaks Ranch, the Golden Hills. It's people that we are involved with. It's the people at your work. You know, it's your family members. And, and, and really, it's, it's, it's not the young, it's not the old, it's not the people inside the gate or outside the gate. It's anyone that we have opportunity with. Anyone. You, you know, the, there's, there's sometimes in our minds we say, you know, there, I have this neighbor, he's really weird, you know. Maybe he's a foreigner, maybe he's someone who is, claims another religion and you just go, you know, it, it'd be awkward if they were a part of Bear Valley Church. Everyone, everyone. There are other people that you look at and you go, it'd be great to have them as a part of Bear Valley Church. You know, they're a Republican, you know. (laughs) They like the Dodgers. They like the Dodgers. They can't be all bad, right? Everyone, everyone. You know, this is the thing that we miss in in saying that we're going to target a particular group. That may not be what God has for us. You, you, some of you have been the most unlikely recipients of grace that I've ever seen. It's true, huh? It's true. I hear stories of salvation and how God has brought us together to be His church, and I go, just never would happen. It just can't happen, right? But it's God's method is that we take Christ. We take Christ and Him alone. We take Him to everyone, everyone that we have opportunity with, and that we do it in His power so that He receives the glory and the praise. And we, we get the benefit of being here, being a part of what He's doing. That's uh, a message for Bear Valley Church, isn't it? This is what we should be doing. Let's pray. God, help us to reflect on this message. Uh, not just to consider it and to uh, think about it, find it to be interesting, but may it be grounding for us, centering, get us to the place where we need to be. And God, I pray that we would um, be willing to toil, to work strenuously, we'd work hard, but depending on and planning for and waiting upon your power to work within us. God, thank you for this church. I ask that you make it great for your name as we would be about your work in everyone that you'd place in our path. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.